What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Hookshots Podcast. Uh, it is I, your host, Joe Cermelli, and I gotta tell you, I am very excited, extremely excited about this week's episode. Man, true facts. I am pumped, and here's why, okay? To, to understand my level of stoke, bro, on this one, all right? I, I sort of have to give you guys like a quick like behind the scenes look at podcasting. Okay, so so bear with me because this is this is this is it's all gonna it's all gonna tie together. Okay, this this whole setup of this whole thing this is critical. All right, so look, I get uh, you know uh, quite a few people asking me you know uh, messaging me and stuff asking me to you know check out their blogs or they they've started a podcast will I give it a listen you know will you read this for me you know and uh, I I've, I've always embraced that right they have they have questions and I am I am happy to supply uh answers you know and uh, share advice where I can and a lot of times especially with like this social digital podcasty bloggy stuff um I've said a thousand times I I tell them above all else right I don't really care what it is you're making in terms of subject matter, right? Consistency is everything, okay? It's everything, right? In, in other words, if, if you tell your peoples uh, that, that you will be posting a new blog every day, okay, what's important is that there's a new blog every day, right? You have to be a man of your word in this realm. Trust me on this. And you know what? Sometimes uh, your blog post might suck, okay? Sometimes your blog post might be two sentences with a link to a news article that you quickly threw together uh, because you have a dentist appointment that day, okay? It's it's just the reality of it. Sometimes your post will be freaking rock star. And naturally, you want, you want more of those than anything. But uh, what matters is that there's a new one every day. Okay, if that's what you said that you were going to do, you need people to come look every day. Even if some are weaker than others, what matters is that there's a new one. Okay, so with that in mind, right when I when I started this podcast, you know, I, here I am. I, I'm I'm telling you guys, hey, we're starting this podcast, and you're going to hear a new one every other Tuesday. Okay, and that is a commitment for me. Okay, God damn it, come hell or high water. You're going to hear a new podcast every other Tuesday. You know, when I commit, I go all in, right? Uh, and while I would love to do this weekly, truth is, I, I knew I just couldn't, you know? I just physically would not have the time, given all the other work and projects that I do. You know what I mean? Again, Hookshots is not my full-time gig, right? I have a lot of other other stuff going on. So, uh, you know, I went the bi-weekly route here. But even still, okay, Here's a here's a common thing that happens to me, right? You you launch a podcast, right? You get it out on the airwaves, and then you go, whew, don't have to think about that for another two weeks, right? Now, look, I'm I'm pretty good at lining folks up, right? But there's there's legwork involved. Make no mistake about it. And I'd be lying if I didn't admit that on occasion, right? I get I get too comfy uh, within those two weeks. Often, often very busy in the two weeks between, and suddenly it's the Friday before a launch date Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, f shit, right? Now, I'm lucky that I have a lot of good peeps to call, okay? My, the, the Rolodex is thick, okay? So while I, I might have a bad habit of, of, like, bringing it down to the wire, it's just kind of how I operate sometimes, it always gets done, Okay? 
Now, I say all this because while you're hearing this on February 4th, the interview portion of this podcast was recorded on the evening of January 29th. Okay, this is important. And uh, last week, I was so inundated with other work that I, I was I was like starting to have that slow build up to panic, right? It was just one of those weeks where I'm just like, you know, putting off setting up a podcast and putting it off. And then uh, on the evening of the 29th, I, I get a text message from my dear friend, uh, Jimmy Fee of On the Water Magazine. And, and Jim has been on this podcast time to time. He's kind of a regular, right? And um, this text was part of a chain that had been going on since Friday, January 24th, okay, so the, the previous Friday. And within that span of dates, um, I'd been receiving practically up-to-the-minute play-by-play of Jim's annual solo quest to surf fish in and around Sebastian Inlet in Florida, right? Now, the thing is, when, when I say solo quest, right, um, Jim flies down from Massachusetts alone, with like three shirts, two pairs of underpants, 50 pounds of tackle, surf rods, and quite literally, literally lives in a rental car for five days, okay? He gets to the airport, goes directly to the inlet, and for five days lives like an absolute hobo in in the name of, of fishing and saving his winter sanity. And as we're texting, like I am on the cusp of lamenting my my podcast guest woes for the week and went, holy shit. I am texting with a man that is currently living in a rental car in Florida. For the, for the last five days, he has essentially lived in his own filth in a, in a, in a vehicle, which is a level of dedication to your craft that most of us, including myself, will never attain, okay? And I said, I need to call Jim right now, tonight, because talking about it after the fact will not be the same. And this, my friends, is, is one of those rare yet cherished moments in media creation when you're like, oh my God, yes. This cannot be bought nor fabricated. And it's just like, you 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 see the light. The light shines upon you, out of the darkness and into the light, okay? So for those of you that have been following along with us here from the start, Jim was one of our earliest podcast guests. And in that episode, we like got inside the psyche of the obsessed, secretive, low-key striper surf angler, which like Jim is, is tier one, okay? Jim is, 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 is the first round draft pick in that category, division one. And going to Florida, as we'll learn, is a way to extend that obsession in the winter, as the fishing at Sebastian has a lot of similarities to uh, the Northeast striper scene and, and, and you know, a lot of the same tactics. Of course, you know, you're, you're after different targets. But so we're clear, this little winter escape of Jim's is not like the one time a year he goes all into the max and sacrifices his own comfort, health well-being and cleanliness for surf casting. He does exactly this same shit at home for the entire striper season. Okay? This is who he is. He is someone I would I would I would I would quantify as an enviable lunatic. Okay? I think that's I think that's that's pretty fair. I think he'd agree with that. I know he'd agree with that. 
So let's go live to a Nissan Rogue sketchily parked in the Florida darkness on what is to be Jim's last night of, of living this life in warmer climates, okay? And step one is just hoping and praying that Jim is okay and actually answers the phone. Hello? Jimmy Fee. Ghost or Melling? Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're a little staticky, but I mean, you're also uh, in a car. I am. I'm trying. I, I, I was having the call go through the car speakerphone. I can do it straight on the phone. I didn't know if this would be clearer than my uh, phone case. Hmm. Well. Can we, t- can we, can we this, see? Can we, we try the phone? Can we just see? Okay. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Hold on. <laughs> He's jiggling. He's jiggling. <laughs> You've got a life-proof case like I do. You know they're they're trash to try to talk through. Yeah. They're great for keeping the phone dry and nobody can ever hear me. Are you are you are you talking through the life-proof case now? I removed it from the case. That was all the shuffling and and dropping you heard. Okay. Well, there's still like a little like hum, but you know what? This is like this is the cell phone generation. It's going to be what it's going to be. I can hear you fine. I can hear you um I can hear I can hear you loud and clear. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, in the waning hours of my winter fishing trip to Ashen Inlet, Florida. This this was one of those things in media, as you're a media man, that like hits you like a bullet. You know what I mean? And I was like, this is this is such an impossibly rare opportunity for a podcast because it wouldn't be the same. I feel like if I called you next week to recap this trip. Like, you're sitting in the car right now, and not only that, so so the people listening know, it's 9.30 p.m., okay, stop me if I'm wrong, your flight leaves Orlando at 7 a.m., which is which is how far away from where you are right now? So it's an hour and 44 minutes, according to Apple Maps, um, so about 80 miles. Okay, so, but, but rather than, like, go there tonight and get a hotel room, you're staying there because the correct tide is 2 a.m., and damn it, you're going to fish that for a little while before you leave directly to the airport. So if I'd had a better trip up to this point, I might be heading toward Orlando right now. But it seems like, so I've been here since Friday, and just over the past two nights, kind of, like, started to figure out the fish. I mean, Sebastian Inlet has not been very kind to me. Um, okay. But I finally started finding some, and I, I just can't. And I, I know where they're going to be, or I'm fairly confident where they're going to be tonight at like three o'clock. But I need to—I should leave at three thirty. If I leave at four, it's—it's uh, pushing it. It's asking for trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, Joe, I'm—I'm I'm literally looking at a raccoon right now, just throwing <laughs> into the garbage. They're everywhere here. They, they've been my my constant companions in these long, lonely Sebastian nights. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I feel like it's also perfect that this is the last night because when I got the idea and I was like, dude, I'm going to call you and do a podcast right now. I was like, I have been getting a play-by-play of this since Friday. Like you have been living in a car since Friday. And I don't know if we'll get there or not, but we have mutual friends. It's not like you didn't have some couch opportunities if you wanted them, for the record. You've opted to commit. I 
I did. I did. Zach, Zach Miller. He, yeah. Yeah. He, he offered for me to, to crash there. And in fact, that's where my wife thinks I'm crashing. <laughs> well, not um, really, dude. Trip. Okay. Up, up until yeah, she, now. Yeah. She even made me, like, she, she asked me to give her Zach's number. She's like, I'm just going to call to check in if I don't hear from you. I'm like, all right, you do that. Go ahead. Call Zach. <laughs> Holy shit. So, so she's not going to find out you just slept in your car the whole time until this podcast goes live. That's correct. I mean, assuming she'll listen. To, will she listen to this podcast? I won't be offended if the answer is no. My wife doesn't listen to my podcast. I, I, I'd have to prompt her to listen to it. Oh. I, I will, Joe. Oh, you will? Oh, okay. Well, ballsy. Ballsy. Um, anyway, so here's what I want you to do. Describe the the interior. Well, uh, first of all, did you rent like the compact um, – you know, Kia, Kia blip or whatever. What, what are we in? What's the, what's the hotel look like this trip? Cause this is not the first time you've done this. No. So last year I did it and my intention was to get a room once I got down here. And once I was in the car, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, there's no real place to stay. That's reasonable within like 40 minutes of where you want to fish. So once I was down here and saw what it was all about, I figured you're fishing every six hours. You know, you're fishing the outgoing tide, which is the best time. And sometimes you're fishing a little bit of the incoming. So it just didn't make sense to end up driving like an hour and a half, each, you know, to go take a nap for a couple hours. Yeah. This is, saying this all out loud sounds, sounds really... <laughs> no, no, no. It sounds very Jim Fee. It sounds, like, I'm listening to this having just showered and even used some of the missus's um, apricot, like, oil-free face scrub you know what i mean like it really gets the day off of your face you know what i mean and <laughs> i poured myself two fingers of whiskey and i'm sitting here in freshly washed flannel jams but the truth is i would trade that all in to catch some of the the snook and redfish you just sent me photos of like two hours ago so this you're a better man than than i and most in this don't beat yourself up uh, all right but yeah, so any, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah that's that's debatable but Question about the, the hotel. It's a Nissan Rogue, which is a midsize SUV. I did spring for the midsize SUV over the compact at the time. <laughs> what did you have last year? I, I think it was a full size sedan, <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was a struggle. There, you, I couldn't recline the seats because of the because the rods were in the back. So that was all kinds of back problems after that trip. At least this one, I can fully recline. The seats for my name. Well, I was, I was, that, that, I was going to get to that later. But what's like, what's the, what's the sleeping protocol? Like, just fully reclined in the front seat? Do you like clear space in the back and and curl in like in the fetal position? No, I've just been moving over to the passenger side and reclining that seat and and trying to get comfortable. It's it's not ideal. Okay. Um, and also, I did Google right before you called. I'm like, is it legal to sleep in your car? <laughs> in Florida State Parks, and, and it's not. <laughs> but, and there is also a campground here. So if I'd put in, like, any effort, I could have bought a tent and at least pretended to camp. Okay, but, okay, but without, like, uh, honest question, right? Give me an honest answer. Would you rather yeah. sleep in a locked um, Nissan Rogue or in a tent uh, where you are right now? Uh, in the lock Nissan Rogue. Okay, okay. I yeah, I kind of okay. I kind of wondered that. I think I think we'll discuss that more. But I know you've I know because you're getting ready to leave, you've cleaned up a little already. But just looking around the the, the area, like d describe the interior. Like what would we see 
if we were riding shotgun with Jim Fee right now, this minute? Well, if you're riding shotgun, you'd be sitting on a mess of a, uh, a toothpaste tube, well, now my life-proof case, um, <laughs> some Wawa fixing Florida has Wawa, and you know, I'm from Philadelphia, so I grew up with Wawa. We don't have them up in Massachusetts where I live now, so it's like a little taste of home to come down and get some, you know. You know what, though? It's home. not. I think the the Florida Wawas suck. That I don't. That's not. It's not the same to me. Sorry. It's it, it's all right, Joe. It, any Wawa is a good Wawa. It's better than Cumberland Farms. Fine. Okay. Um, Fine. Okay. So all right. So we'd see those things. What else? What else? What else would we see? So I did. I went to vacuum the car today because last year I did it on my way back to the airport after the last night of fishing, and that was created kind of a very panicked drive. So you, you would have seen about six hours ago a ton of sand everywhere. Um, I've got my headlamp around the rearview mirror right now, and my my waders are laid out in the back, ready to go for uh, you know about two o'clock when I'm going to go back out and, and fish for an hour, hour and a half before I have to leave. And one of the giant rod cannons that uh, a big Plano one that's sticking through the middle of the car. So when you're driving, your elbows constantly hitting it. So if you were in the passenger seat, you'd be dealing with that and getting jammed up with that as well. So I know there's downtime during the day that lends itself to side trips a la to like get a breakfast sandwich or something. But what about like, you know, when you get a hotel room, you always need to at least have a bag of, of Fritos and queso dip in your room. Like, you know what I mean? So like <laughs> what, like, what, what does one stock the car with for just immediate rations? Uh, I did buy, so my first stop, I bought like a nut mix, a keto snack mix. Cause I was like, you know, I'm going to get healthy on this trip. This is going to kickstart my diet. And, um, <laughs> That is the only thing that hasn't been eaten. Like I, I had like a couple nuts, and then there's wrappers from Wild Wild Ooey Gooey bars. Yeah, it's not, we're not eating real well. <laughs> and you're staying hydrated, right? Very hydrated. Yep. I, I bought two gallons of water, and uh, I'm less than the second gallon now. So that's that's uh, that's very important. Hydration's important, Joe. I know. Your body needs it. I know. I understand this. So so so. Um, you know, here's again, like your your shenanigans force me to expose things about myself that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. But like, I'm a very weird traveler. Like, I hate, I hate, hate, hate being in a position where I am like skidding into an airport, like by the skin of my ass, and disorganized while doing it. I like cushions. I'm a man that likes cushions when I fly. So, like, describe for me. Like like the the gym gets to the airport in uh, less than twelve hours. Scene. So you're gonna fish now. Let's say you do well. That is going to thereby leave you covered in redfish and snook scales and blood and shit. Is it not? It if if all goes well. Um, yeah, that's in a lot of ways. Good fishing is a will be a blessing and a curse because I'll be it'll be easier to leave and pull myself away from it if I'm not getting any bites. Because last year we didn't do anything. Zach came out and fished. Uh, my last night too last year and we didn't touch anything so it was really easy to leave if it's good tonight one more cast myself right into missing my flight well i I was gonna say are you prepared if need be to just go to the airport and figure out when they can get you on the next flight if it is just gangbusters in the morning you know i I actually looked at pushing back my flight um because it's like everything lined up to be perfect today the northeast Wind was blowing northeast. Fish finally started showing up in, in better numbers each day. The fishing's gotten better over the past two days, um, and I think it's just going to be an incredible 
tied. So I, I almost pushed it back, but then I, I didn't, I, I didn't ultimately to try and save the vacation time. Um, cause I'm going to be, at, I'm going into work tomorrow at noon. So my flight gets into Boston around 10 <laughs> and then <laughs> I'll be sitting at my desk by about 12, 1230. Will you? Damn. I will. That's terrible. Um, wow. So this is, this is what, this is kind of like striper season, but with just a couple extra moving parts. I, I mean, it's, it's. Well, Very similar. Well, listen. No, it's it, it it is it is striper season. It is exactly how you striper fish. I get it, and we will talk about how similar I think the fishing itself is. But I know this is this is what you do. Like you striper fish all night and then roll into the office on time. Um, but I mean, just 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 hoping that my flights were on time enough to commit to walking into the office at noon. Would would you, it just it gives me agita now, and I'm not even the one doing it. Uh, but, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. You learned a lot doing this last year and ending up in the car, right? Because I remember a distinct story about your departure last year that required you to like last minute buy new shoes or something. Correct. <laughs> so yeah, every time I'm on the podcast, I'm talking about me doing gross things. This is great. That's why we call. That's why we call. So last year, it was right before, last year, right before my flight, while I was down here, it was in the news that a family got kicked off a plane because their body odor was so offensive <laughs> that all the other passengers <laughs> on the plane. So my that, friend Jerry, That's a real you know, thing that happened? I don't remember that part of the story. Oh, yeah. It's it's a real, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the article, Joe. Because <laughs> my friend Jerry sent it to me, and he goes, is this going to be an issue for you? Uh, you know, joking. And... <laughs> But I realized that it was a very severe threat. Like I, I had some of those, they're like the fishing sneakers that can get wet, but once yeah. they get wet in salt water and dry, they never smell right. I, I mean, and on top of that, that they, I've been wearing them for four or five days. You know, I'm sorry, three days straight, pretty much. It, it was awful. The smell was terrible. So on the way to the airport, I'm freaking out. I have no other footwear except for giant wading boots, um, which I can't, which have. Uh, cleats screwed into them, so I can't like click through the airport with my studded soles. <laughs> so I found a 24 hour Wawa, just threw the, the water shoes in the first uh, trash can I saw, and got the cheapest pair of flip flops, which I still have. They're great flip flops. Hey, I wear them all the time. Hey, you know what? There's, there's some truth to that, man, because like I have a lot of like pairs of flip flops, as I'm sure you do too, that like if you look at the actual price, you're like, who the hell would pay that much for flip flops? And I have just as many that I have bought in a pinch for for Jersey Shore dwellers such as you and I at Hoy's that like have lasted oh, yeah, yeah. me for years. You know, they're like three dollars and fifty cents. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so did you like? Did you up? Did you? Um, I know. I know. I know that you 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 have found a way to shower. Yeah. So you can buy a day pass to Planet Fitness, <laughs> and you can shower there. It would require bringing, you know, you would have to bring a towel and the soap, but I'm packing so much fishing lures that my carry-on, I'm sorry, my check bag is at like 48 pounds, so I don't bring a towel, I just bought it at the Dollar General that's next to the, the Planet Fitness, along with some, some bar soap, and I went in there, bought the day pass, which is $5 if you belong to another Planet Fitness, which I do, um, you know, I, I don't go there very often, but it's only 10 bucks a month, so <laughs> I don't really feel that bad about it, um. So I go in there and shower, and then I did that today, so I feel like a new man, and uh, I feel a lot better than I did this morning, waking up. 
So you know, you can also you can also buy a shower at a Flying J. There's a lot of Flying J's down in Florida. What's a Flying J? Come on, Flying J, dude. Flying J truck stop. You know, you never went to a Flying J truck stop, dude. There's like truckers at the buffet in the Shoney's with bathrobes on. It's like Bill Senior, your shower's ready. Take a shower. Get pancakes. I, no. I'm- this sounds like you're making this up. I'm not, dude. That's what that's what truck stops are for, man. Flying J. We used to go there in college just to hang out at the one like close to home. You used to get pancakes. Well, why you should take a shower. There's a movie room. I mean, not that I ever took a shower there, but it is another option. This is why you should come on this trip next year, Joe. We'll I, bring I, for the full size SUV. <laughs> I can call in all kinds of weird camping shit too. We'll look like absolute weirdos, like those solar jugs you hang from a tree and like turn into a shower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. They make dude. They oh, make, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like a nice lukewarm shower outdoors. <laughs> Dude, I, I remember one time I was outside like working on something on my boat and my neighbors were like putting this small tent, like the smallest, most narrow tent that I'd ever seen together on their lawn. And I was like, were you guys going camping? And they were like, no, we're going to some country music show and we're bringing, it's an outdoor show and we're bringing, this is like a portable porta potty, which I didn't know existed. Oh. Like, I didn't even know that you yeah. could get that, right? And all I could picture was, like, 20-year-old drunk me at an outdoor concert, like, waiting for somebody to go take a dump in their portable tent porta potty and just, like, like ramming it. You know what I mean? That, that's what, But there's, there's all kinds of fun things now. You could make this experience very techy if you wanted to. Um, but, yeah, I know I'm invited. Who else gets invited? This is two years in a row. You found nobody else to buy a plane ticket. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I've invited uh, my friend Jerry. I've invited my my, my buddy Dave, who I shared the fish with. Um, I've invited Anthony Chichi. He, he said uh, no, he wasn't going to go to the mat to try to get permission to do this. He said he'd, he'd wait for a nicer trip. So, <laughs> okay, understand. Godspeed. Understand. Understand that one. So, like. I know that in the last few years, for for several reasons, social media being one, like Sebastian Inlet has become, fair to say, right, like a a, a pretty known off-season destination, particularly for the Northeast Striper crowd, right? Yeah, it's definitely really blown up over the past couple years. And, you know, I've been talking about doing this for at least, you know, six or seven years before I finally went. Part of the reason I never did it is, it was right around the same time I started steelhead fishing. So right. this was so similar to striper surf fishing that, and steelheading was so different though. So I would take my free time in the winter and use and my vacation time in the winter and go steelheading instead. Um, but last year I figured I, I just finally had to, to give it a shot. And it's very similar to striper fishing because you have these Southern species. You've got snook, red drum, sometimes you have the tarpon and you're fishing for them with, you know, they're like bucktail jigs, but it's the Florida version of bucktail jigs. They right. call them flare hawks. Right, right. You have, you're fishing with them. The same striper plugs I'm using up in Massachusetts, you're using down here. Uh, you know, uh, super strike bottle plugs, North Star bottle daughters, SP minnows. So it feels, it, it's very familiar, but the fish, you know, fish are, and I hate to admit this because I love stripers, but the fish are a lot stronger pound for pound than stripe bass. Oh, dude. I mean, I'm born and raised in the Northeast, too. I love my stripers, but, I, I mean, a red, a big, a bull red will kick the shit out of a big striper. It just will. There's no two ways about that. Um, it's unbelievable how much stronger they are. For, for fish, it's the same size. 
yeah. for Bull Red to just be that much. They, they just don't give up. Right. The striper will roll over. The, the Reds just seem to, you know, keep going. Right, right. Well, so what I'm driving at, like with the popularity, I mean, are there other people sleeping in the parking lot? Um, there's always cars here. I don't know if there's other people sleeping, doing what I'm doing. I'm sure there is. I did see another uh, one of your podcast guests taking a nap between tides here, uh, Alberto. Oh, uh, crazy. The other night. I, I did, yeah, yeah. So he's, he lives around, uh, well, I don't think he lives close to here, but he lives in Florida, and, and this is one of the places I know he likes to fish. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I know. He fishes there, but he doesn't fish there. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So we won't, we won't blow his cover, even though we kind of just did. But Okay. Okay, but if, if people are sleeping there or hanging out there all night but not fishing – like, like, who are these characters? Who else is there with you? Like, who have you been, who have you been sharing, you know, a handful of the keto nut mix with? <laughs> In the middle of the night, it's really only other fishermen. Uh, it, it's a during the day. There's a ton of surfers here. It's a really popular surf location. Okay. Uh, there was even a surfing competition here this weekend. But in terms of other other non fishermen in the night, other than the guard shack, and I haven't gone in. Struck up a conversation with them or ask them if they wanted any keto nut mix. But you're not you're not you're not scared, right? No, no, it's it's guarded, so it does feel safe. Um, you know, if it was just a random public beach as opposed to a state park, I I might not be as keen on on staying here all the time. Yeah, I'm leaving my my car here with you know what amounts to a good chunk of my striper fishing equipment, you know? Um, what's the ratio of surf rods, nice reels. What's the ratio of, um, like surf fishing equipment to other necessities such as clothes? Oh, I, I brought three shirts and two pairs of shorts in addition to the, what I wore down from Boston. And so the rest of the 47 pounds, and, and it's not like they were heavy shirts or light performance shirts. So the rest of the 47 pounds were waders, boots, uh, reels, and most of it's lures and jigs. Okay, and 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 do you need that? Was that necessary? You you had not been able to uh, whittle that down since last year. So it, it actually got larger from last year, but I think for the next one, I can definitely boil it down to a few plugs. I, I got a little crazy this year. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to use this this custom plug that, that my friend makes. You know, he, he'd get a kick out of me catching a redfish on that, and I'm sure. Dave would have enjoyed me catching a redfish on that, but I barely caught a redfish on anything. <laughs> dude, yeah, I did. I, that is that that is a that that is such a fishing media person thing to say because I've done that. Like you have something from somebody that you grab and take with you, and you're right. It's like, man, he'll really be jazzed if I catch a smallmouth on that today, and like they don't eat that. Or whatever, like whatever. It's like it's just it's just like ten minutes of like they're not eating this shit, and that's the end of that. Um, but I know I asked about what you brought because I was busting your balls earlier. Because in pretty much every picture I've seen of you since Friday, you you, like, you look Floridian. Like there are flip flops and board shorts and a light performance shirt, as you pointed out. But wasn't it like in the forties while you were there? It yeah, it was it was in the forties. Two or three nights ago, and even with the hooded sweatshirt I brought down, and then the the rain jacket I had, I was still freezing. I, and I am <laughs> like my mode for packing is just I look at the latitude and I look at the time of year, and I'm like, all right, I'll be in Florida, so that's t-shirt weather. And, and 
<laughs> which is brutal. Like, I'm much better about that at home. Like, I'll actually look at the forecast, but if I'm going to Florida, I'm like, well, all right, Florida, it's on you now. Yeah. Uh, so let's 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 go backwards a little bit. So you you end on a high note, which we've already hinted at. But um, you know, so you get off a plane on what Saturday or Friday? When did you land? So I landed Friday at seven p.m. And it is just you went straight to where you are right now. Yeah. So by ten o'clock, I'd say by ten o'clock I was fishing. You know, I, I met up with Zach and. We fish from 10 until 4, and then little nap. Then I, Zach and I went fishing the following morning at about 9 for sharks. But didn't catch anything, um, just because the conditions weren't great. And then the next night, back out fishing again by 11. So it's been... Yeah, it's been just fishing and eating, and there's a little bit of sleeping in between. So, <laughs> well, I think I think like the critical thing to understand, right? Because I've not I've I've been to Sebastian, uh, which is a whole weird story um, during like a weird tourism type of tour of sorts. But I haven't actually fished it. But I mean, as I understand it from you and, and Zach and some other guys, it is it is very hard line on and off, like. You you know how in the striper scene, like obviously there's like the right tide to be there, but in a lot of cases it doesn't mean you won't pick anything when that's not happening or shorts or something. Like by day, there is nothing happening there, right? No, I, I mean I could get sand fleas and, and fish with sheephead, and I, if the guys who are out fishing bait at the end of the uh, the one jetty here see the pickup, you know they're catching black drum, they're catching some red drum. Uh, once in a while, and every once in a while they'll get a snook. But if you want to fish lures or plugs, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not an artificial snob, but like I would fish bait. It's just a whole other complication to fish bait. Sure. The way, you know, I have to have a bucket. I've got to get an aerator if I really want to, you know, actually catch anything and fish live shrimp or live pinfish. Um, it, it's just <laughs> I, a whole other. I have to. I'd have to have a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so it's <laughs> I don't know why that struck me but it did but it's but I get what I'm you're saying buy, I'm not buying another five gallon bucket to leave here you know it's like, that that I, is I a good know. point man you just bring up like all the stereotypical weirdo shit like I have you know you have four million buckets and you buy another one uh good point um I should write these down um so I get what you're saying, though. Like, you go down with the heavier surf gear, and your mo is to catch them on flare hawk jigs and darters and all that stuff. There is there is a much more distinct window for that. There definitely seems to be. Um, it seems like it's it's almost always on the outgoing tide. You talk to most of the guys here, and I've asked, you know, I've asked Zach, I've asked Alberto, um, and I ask just about any stranger because I just want somebody to tell me yes that you can catch fish on the incoming tide and it's really good. Right, but. Almost everybody's like, yeah, like you can do it. You might. You might get one. Yeah. You never know. And yeah. And I, I've tried it. I've fished the incoming quite a bit, but honestly, it seems like the time's better spent just getting your gear ready for the outgoing and catching up on sleep a little bit. Right, right. So, I mean, I know that, um, I mean, let's call it like it is, right? Sebastian in the last few years has caught some criticism, you know, from, I mean, guys like Zach have been fishing it since they were a kid before it was inundated with Northeasterners. At least that's how the impression I get. It's caught some flack as, as sort of being blown up, um, you know, by, by outsiders. So, I mean, is there, um, a community sort of vibe when you roll in or is it everybody sizing each other up 
or uh, do you talk to people, not talk to people? Like, what what's sort of the, the vibe in that sense? So people, as, as, as far as I found it, people are pretty friendly here, um, even friendlier than they are at, like, the Cape Cod Canal. The one major difference between here and the Cape Cod Canal is if you can go on the canal and be elbow-to-elbow with 20 other guys, but everybody's doing the same thing. You know, everybody's throwing pencil poppers or they're throwing jigs. Right. Here, we'll have 20 guys fishing in, in a real tight area, and you've got three guys throwing jigs for snook. Uh, one guy is dropping down sand fleas or shrimp. Uh, somebody's drifting on a shark bait. And then you have the people who seem to be the absolute craziest are the ones who are trying to catch the bluefish. Um, blue, there was a blue, little bluefish blue split. Bluefish. Yeah, like, like our bluefish. Okay. Tell me more. So people are just like from three back launching diamond jigs over your head to get into these width of one pound bluefish. And it's somehow everybody makes it work here. You, you see, you don't see that many tangles. You think you're seeing like party boat level tangles on this pier. And somehow it all works out. I, I saw one fish today get lost because uh, the lines were crossed. But that was, uh, that was the only one over you know, four, day, four days of being here. So, so you know, like I, I have to know, like who are the guys that are 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 scrambling for one pound bluefish? Like, what is? I'm, I'm not being a jerk. Like, you know, what is the what is the attraction? Why do the Why do the Florida guys? Why are they so into to cocktail blues? Part of it, I think they only have them in the winter, and you have these fish like smoke and black drum and other stuff that are are really picky, and you know they're not always eating, and they're they're really short windows. When you have bluefish running in, they're hitting everything. I, I kind of understand that. I mean, we're, we're by us, we're kind of a little bit savvy about it, especially the smaller blues. Like, you know, they're kind of getting in the way of the stripers. But if you are waiting for, I mean, in this inlet, there's pro- you're probably throwing over 300 snook, you know, at the end of that pier every day, but they only bite for 30 minutes. If you're there, right. a certain color of something. Right. That seems to be the main difference about the fishing here versus up by us. It's like the, the snook are always here. Well, it's. But they don't always. You know, and for people who haven't experienced that, I got to say, it is something crazy to experience. Now, I said that I, I've been to Sebastian. I was not there with a rod and reel in hand, I was just there to, like, look around, which. It's a whole funny story that maybe I'll tell on another podcast someday. But I remember, I mean, it was high noon, man. Bright sun, high noon. There were a few people milling around. And the dude I was with was just like, yeah, go look. And there were snook everywhere. And he's like, and they ain't going to touch nothing right now. Like, absolutely nothing. And I, I almost didn't believe it. And then if you remember many years ago, when you and I first met our bud Zach Miller together surf fishing for sharks we were on that bridge one night where they were stacked i mean just miles of them and zach was like you can throw at them all you want they ain't gonna eat and i remember it was driving you personally to madness like you like got off of the whole shark thing and were determined to make one of those snook move and they wouldn't i remember going over there and being like oh you know that's that's great you florida guys i'm gonna show you backwards southerners how how we catch fish and you do kind of come down here with that attitude. It's like, oh, like, these guys have this great fishing 365 days a year. You know, it's up by us. It's a much more limited season, so we're, we're hungrier, and, and we're, you know, I'm going to go and fish harder, and I'm going to show them all how it's done. But, you know, you get kind of 
get a little humbled by about day two or three and you just start doing what the Romans do. Um, yeah. No, and that is, and I think that's very fair to say that a lot of people who aren't from there have that attitude of it just being so easy all the time and just like the land of plenty. And it's not, especially this time of year. Like I've spent just enough time in the Keys in the winter where I think a lot of people have that attitude of like, oh, I'm freezing here in Milwaukee. And if I can just get to Key West, everything will be fishy and okay. And it's like, maybe. But, I mean, it is still winter. You know, it might not be as cold, but it's still winter patterns and winter winds, and you may get offshore, you may not. So, like, anybody who has that notion of South Florida is just like, it is on 365. It isn't. And I know that when I'm down here, but I'll get home, and within two weeks, I'll be I'll, I'll see somebody post a report or a picture of Sebastian Inlet, and in my head I'll be like, it's always on, i got to get back down there. You know? <laughs> so, so you, you got into some fish tonight you you guys struggled a little bit in the days prior uh was it better last year jog my memory last year it was it was different um last year actually the tarpon came in for one tide and i ended up hooking five of them ah so that was pretty awesome but every fish i caught last year felt like it was pure chance you know like i just kind of lucked into that fish right this year i felt like i was actually figuring it out and that the, the fish I caught had a little bit to do with something I was doing right. Um, so in, in that way, it was a better trip. You know, just uh, last year, I, I just got the fish by through persistence, you know, because sure. I was out there, I had a lure in the water for 16 hours a day, you know, and, and this year <laughs> I was a little bit more specific with, you know, a little bit better about budgeting my time and fishing, you know, different places and trying different you know, lures that I knew was going to work. And I feel like the, the fish I've caught over the past nights were some things clicking into place. Yeah, so yeah. It, and that, to me, makes it a much more satisfying trip than, than last year's. Even though I, I definitely caught more snook on this trip, I caught more reds. I only caught the one redfish um, so far this year, and I caught a few of them last year. But each, like I said, each one I was like, oh, what's this? oh I've got a fish. You know, <laughs> and is that the biggest snook you ever caught? That picture you sent me that was a big snook, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so every fish I caught, every snook I caught tonight was my biggest ever. You know, I just kept walking it up. Uh, that last one to me looked looked the coolest. Yeah, but I caught one a few few days ago with Zach, and I was like, take a picture. Like this is my biggest one ever. And I was taught, I made the mistake of being like, oh man, that was an overslot snook, right? Like I would have been able to catch it, and keep it. He's like, well, you wouldn't been able to keep it but it wasn't because it was over the slot (laughs) (laughs) yeah he and i talked and he was like jimmy was like send me the picture and i sent him the picture and he was like you shouldn't have sent me the picture it it looked so much bigger in my memory (laughs) i think the one tonight was the one tonight dude had some weight yeah the one tonight had some weight and i had to laugh because you sent me a few pictures and and i know that you're you're completely solo now so you said guys just offer to take pictures for you, which is cool if that's the case, because I just had to wonder, like, did you have to be like, excuse me, sir, sir, could you just snap a picture with my phone? I, I did for the big one, but for the other ones, guys were like, you want me to get a picture of that? That's and cool. That's cool. It's really nice. It is kind of a community, because also, I'm not, I don't, I didn't bring a bridge net down here. Right. Uh, I'm not getting, I didn't even, I'm not handlining them up on the bridge. The first one, I just kind of... <laughs> 
like staring at us a little bit, afraid to ask somebody for the net because they were all <laughs> occupied doing stuff. And then somebody, somebody's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I've got a fish on. He goes, well, you should have said something. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, so I, everybody's actually really cool out here. They're very nice. Well, I could see how it get ugly. Uh, when it's even more crowded than it already is. Right, right. Well, I mean, what what I've heard, you know, Kerber has has fished that jetty when it was like ridiculous fire, and and I and I've heard from a lot of people that when it's really going, I mean, when it's just insanity, like um, you know, a rotation sets up, and um, I I don't know, I think that that's cool, and it's like as long as everybody knows how to play the game. Everybody is friends and the rotation works, but it's as soon as the rotation, as soon as one guy throws a monkey wrench into the works, like that, that's all it takes. But when it's, when it's, when it's working, it's like a well-oiled machine of rotating down that jetty, hook a fish and move. Oh yeah. Everybody, you're all in it together. Right. So it's, yeah, it almost in a sense becomes, somebody somebody gets antsy, sees somebody hook a fish and then they throw when it's not their turn to throw. And then it's like a domino effect. There was like, well, how with this? I'm going to throw now too. And then that's when, when it starts getting bananas. It's, uh, it's party, but it's party. Boat. I haven't seen it up here. It's party boat fishing from the rocks. I mean, that's the kind of shit you see on a party boat. Yeah. All right. So we've established that this is all like, you know, sort of a key window tide bite for, for the lures thing. So, you know, um, what do you do with yourself in the, in the daylight? So today, or I'm sorry, yesterday I went back to that, uh, there was a beach that Zach showed me and he said, when the blackfoot migration happens, you can catch them on poppers. And it seems like it's kind of just beginning because I saw tons of them, but they were way, way out of casting range. You could oh. see them coming, you know, free jumping and airing out of the water. And it was amazing. One jump in casting range and he was just a little bit too far down the beach. I was not. He was he was within casting range of the beach, but not of where I was standing on the beach. Um, so that you know, I spent a big chunk of yesterday doing that, and that would have been very cool if that had uh, if that had come together. But I guess Zach said things are actually running a little late this year for that. Right, right. Well, and then you also tell me was is that what you were doing and stuck with it too long, which then in turn made you miss a, a jetty bite. Um. It might have been. I, I, days are kind of running together. I, they were... <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, are they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. Oh, that could have been. No, that might have been when I went to dinner last night when I came back and missed a, had missed a jetty bite. Because I did last night. I treated myself to a seafood feast um, after all the Wawa and. Did you go to Planet Fitness? Is that when you hit the Planet Fitness right before you treated yourself to seafood feast? No, Planet. That was today. Last night, I found a Jersey Mike's <laughs> and had that, and they're not. Uh, they're not any better in Florida. So it was today. In Jersey. Was today's Planet Fitness shower the only time you've showered since you landed on Friday? Uh, come on, do I have to answer that? Yes, I think we all know. Yes, of, so, of course it was. What, are we going to Planet Fitness twice to shower? I don't go there twice I don't know. to work out, Joe. <laughs> That'd be outrageous. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, so I, I know you're a diehard, and not to sound sappy, but like, do you ever, like, do you ever just get lonely? Like, have there been like, have you been just lonely, like thinking about your family? <laughs> um, 
That's a loaded question. Uh, that's a loaded question, by the way. That's, that's a real, of course I miss my family, Joe. <laughs> uh, what, what am I supposed to say to that? Uh, I guess I guess they'd be nice to hang out with during the day. Well, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time hanging out with Zach this time. No, so I know, there, I know. There it's... was a lot of human interaction. And, and actually, you do strike up friendly conversations with the other people. It's not like... You know, some places where you'll striper fish, you won't see another person. No. Or you'll see people and, and nobody wants to talk to anybody. Here, no, I, I, I get that. I'm, I'm mostly being a dick. It's just like, like putting, my, <laughs> putting myself in that position. Like, I feel like um, it, would, it would hit a point where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to this dude and this is fun and I'm, I'm fishing. And that's what I'm here to do. But at some point, you have to like sit down in the car. And there's nobody else to talk to except for the bag of keto nut mix, and it's like, <laughs> do you do you, do you, do you psychoanalyze yourself? Like, I, you know, how old are, how old are you? You're like two years younger than what are you? Thirty five. I'm thirty five. You're thirty five. So it's just like so. Like I I I have I have I am I am sitting in a rent in a Nissan Rogue, alone, in an inlet in Florida. Oh, I have had hours of self-reflection down here on what, <laughs> why do I do this? What led me to this? And, but I also had that self-reflection when I was at my daughter's concert the other day. My uh, four-year-old daughter and them bumbling their way through Frozen songs. Okay? And I thought, how did I get here? <laughs> Just a different kind of feeling. I know, I know. It's up though when that becomes the normal you know what i mean so again good on you i say this all out of the deepest love and respect like i i, oh, I, I know that i'm just i'm just trying i'm i'm jealous of you like i look at i look at myself and my my apricot grapefruit face scrub and i'm like <laughs> Jim, oh, Jim, Trader Joe. jim's yeah it could be um have you ever had their kumquats no i'm just kidding um, I, I, I look at what I'm doing and I'm like, Jim, I'm going to talk to Jim in a few minutes and he's, he's down there being a man. He's down there being a man. I'm not being a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> like I did, I didn't have this shit in me when I was 25. Like I would sleep in my truck at Island beach state park, you know, like we'd be out on the beach in the truck and like, you know, fish, make a bonfire or whatever. And and sleep out there, but like maybe one night sleeping in a car, maybe maybe one. Yeah, it's it's different because you're fishing. You really are fishing every six hours. I mean, you're not you, you don't want to miss an outgoing tide here because even if, even when it's daylight, like that could be when it fires off. It just doesn't make sense to. It didn't make sense for me to get a room. Although if I ever did this with more people, and somebody ever agreed to go. It would probably be best then to get a I can't picture more than one adult person. Can't <laughs> <laughs> no, I and, and I get what you're saying. Like I understand that, like you want to maximize time. You know, I I totally get that. And I would like to come do this, but I would have to look at like Verbo or something. Although it's got probably outrageous to rent a home there this time of year. That's the thing. It's it, you're under, you're either paying through the nose, I think, or you're driving a pretty long way. I mean, I only looked at it briefly last year, and then I, I kind of abandoned it pretty quickly. So I haven't done my really done my homework on looking for lodging here. But believe me, there's I'm one of 
dozens of guys from the Northeast that come down here to fish this inlet. And I'm probably the only one that's, well, maybe, maybe not the only one, but among the minority that's doing this, you know, staying in a car as opposed to actually getting a room. Right. Well, how many of, of the guys that you've bumped into that are fishing, like how many of them are from the Northeast? Anybody? So I, I ran, I ran into a guy today who was from Long Island. Um, and he comes down for the winter and he, he spends, uh, spent a few months down here every winter. Uh, met a kid from Jersey uh, two nights ago, and we fished together, and then he, you know, he had a couple fish. I had one fish, and he goes, all right, you coming tomorrow night? You know, so I ended up fishing with him again uh, last night. That's so, cool. Yeah, there's, uh, yeah so you, you definitely, so it's two different people from the Northeast, but most of the people seem to be from Florida. Right, right. Obviously. Well, that's, I mean, I, I guess that's a good... Obviously, I guess that's a good thing to hear that like, it's not like uh, a drama filled scene or you have to like keep your head down, you know, or uh, or anything like that. Um, you know, like I, I know you're down there now as a winter escape, but is this also a peak time to be doing this or does that inlet as far as you know? I mean, does it does it happen year round? So, uh, I, I'm not. the. You'd want to ask one of the locals for that, but I think that... Roll down your window and ask Lake, a local real quick. <laughs> raccoons right now. Um, <laughs> are, the, are the raccoons still there? No, they, they, they ran away. Um, they ran away a little while ago. I should also do some nuts. <laughs> so, end of January, which is, you know, right now, that works best for me. That may not necessarily be best for the fishing. From what I understand... Once you get into the winter, it's very weather dependent. They're always looking for these cold fronts because that seems to fire up the red, uh, uh, the redfish bite. And they said, uh, people have asked, I said, when is the peak time for red drum? They said, well, Golden Bullet runs best, you know, so right. you come here in October. And Zach said that November and December tend to be a little bit better because then you have more tarpon mixed in. The downside of that, at least as, as far as I can tell, is if you come here when snook season's open, when you can actually keep the snook, that's when things are a lot more crowded. Right. So part of the reason we're not seeing as many people now is because snook are out of season. They go out, you're allowed to keep them again beginning in, it might be February 1st. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent on the regulations. But when I was asking Zach, I said, when should I come? He goes, don't come during snook season. It's just too crowded. Right, 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 right. So you've been down there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days. In, in five days, right, what was, if there was one, like sort of the biggest what the f- moment of this year's trip. Uh, I didn't really have one. I, I didn't have, other than you know, I'm not doing a very good job answering this question. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing glaring that stood out of me last year. Um, the craziest thing I, I, I saw, and there was a little bit of that today, but not like last year of the bluefish massacre. Um, where you just had the diamond jigs whizzing right past your face and people were loading up coolers because they, guys will commercially fish them and that's this is one of the places they come and load up to, to get them to sell. Gotcha. So I think that's part of the frenzy for that. In terms of just, I, I don't know, it's pretty, uh, I don't know. But a little, I don't know, a, listen, for you, Joe. A, little, a little birdie told me that you had a UFO encounter, for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, Zach, uh, Zach pointed out to Sebastian UFO um, that uh, he says is, is regularly hovering off the uh, off the North Jetty there. 
And I saw it. It didn't appear to be moving. Um, I also am incredibly sleep deprived. There's a lot of things that seem to be moving that, that don't normally move. So it could have been that. Could have been a UFO, like Zach said. We'll have to uh, let's ask him about it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, this this is this is. Um this is coming to a close, and I'm going to let you go because I'm going to let you get some some shut eye before the 2 a.m. wake up call. But you got to promise me, okay? On your way to the airport tomorrow, I have to close this podcast knowing how you finished out. I need a, a report, and uh, I made my flight. I did not make my flight. I'm staying till Saturday. <laughs> Whatever it may be, I I have to know what it is. We we all have to know how the saga ends. All right. Well, so what? What do you need? Do you want me to call? Do you want to text? Just text me. We don't. We don't need to. We don't need to speak again. You're going to be busy, and I'm going to be sleeping. So, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will shoot. There will be. I'll send you some some pictures and some information on what happens on my my Okay. Well, you sleep well, Jim Fee. I hope that you get your full security deposit back on the car. And uh, you're you're <laughs> you, you're a better man than all of us, my friend. All right, Joe. Thanks for the call, man. And sure enough, uh, when I woke up around 7.30, there were some fresh, hot text messages from Jimmy Fee, who uh, stuck a couple more baller redfish in the wee morning hours. So good for him. I knew he'd get that done. And as I scrolled down through this glory on my phone, there at the very bottom was a shot taken in the TSA security line. And below that, just two words, made it. Okay. Now, later that same day, uh, I also got a shot of Jim on a bus, or as he calls it, a motor coach, to try and class himself up, which was carrying him from the airport in Boston to his office in Cape Cod, and, and damn if he wasn't in that chair at 1230, um, where he promptly collapsed from exhaustion and was fired. No, I made that part up. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. He was actually promoted for being so badass. CBA, Chief Bad Ass. So listen, I know the audio in that might not have been uh, as clear as an unmudded lake throughout the entire thing, but dude, dude was on a cell phone in the car, Okay. In, you know, out in the middle of nowhere in Florida. So so cut us a little break, okay? The, the only part I do feel I just need to back up on uh, for one sec is that at one point I asked if uh, Jim had done any little side fishing jaunts, you know, around the inlet. And, and it was a little muffly when he started that. Uh, and and he, he was explaining that what he was trying to hit were black tip sharks. And I think when he said the species, it was just a little unclear. So I just wanted to clarify uh, black tips. But there is a winter black tip run in Florida. And if you nail it, um, you can throw papas and junk at him. But I think you heard the part where Jim said uh, he saw a bunch, you know, most out of casting range on the beach, one in close, but no connection. So just a little clarification there. Now, as I mentioned in this, I've I've slept in trucks, okay? I'm I'm not opposed, but n- never really for more than a night. And and even then, you know, kind of like what Jim's talking about because you have these tides every 6 hours. You know, it, it's more like catnapping in a truck between tides back in my own surf days, you know. Or you you throw a couple of chunk rods, you know, with circle hooks and and glow sticks on the tip out there and uh 
you know, kind of snooze with one eye open, which is not how the real chunkas do it. Uh, but I've been there as well. Okay, I've done that, you know. Uh, but to me, you know, sleeping in a car for an extended period of time uh, is actually a step below camping. And I got to tell you, man, I'm just not a camper. I, I never really have been, you know. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to be one again uh, this spring because I really want to take my daughter camping, you know. But that's uh, that's different. Okay, that's not like hardcore camping. That's like goof around camping. You know, there's a whole different MO behind doing that. But, you know, full disclosure, right? To to motivate me to camp, you need to sell me on that being the best or only option to get into some seriously badass fishing, right? And if you follow our video series, you know that our pal Trevor Smith, who guides up in Alaska, convinced me of just that last summer, right? We camped. Uh, north of Fairbanks in Alaska to chase pike around. Um, and because, you know, similar to Jim's situation, the only way to really maximize your time in that scenario is to be right there. You know, like it's just, it's silly any other way. You know, could you stay elsewhere? Yes, we could have. You know, Jim can. Would it make the whole mission more of a pain in the ass? Yes, it would. You know, um, so, I mean, in Alaska, we really wouldn't have had much choice but to drive back to Fairbanks and then drive back up in the morning. And it was doable, but I mean, you would have been dead. You know, it was almost, man, it was over three hours, you know, so that would have been a real grind. So we camped and it was cool, right? And it was also one night and I, and I can hang and I had a really great time. You know, it's the multi-night deals, um, Man, just mm, not not my jam. No, not that I couldn't be convinced, but I have done them, and it's just I don't I don't know. It, and I'll tell you, it's not so much that I need a bed. I can survive without a bed, right? But I can't lie. It's it's a shower, man, right? I I, I can take a shower in a motel room where only three of all the tiles in the bathroom are are free of blood stains. Okay, and I have. Uh, on more than one occasion, actually too many times than a normal person should. But uh, yeah, man, I like a shower, okay? And no, I do not take some of the um, wife's face scrub on the road, okay? That's a, that's a, that's a home, home base only thing time to time. I like Irish Spring, if you must know, or a good old-fashioned bar of zest because I do not mind smelling like a dollar store. And that's true. The scent of zest soap, like the scent in the factory is is dollar store. That is what it smells like. Go smell a bar of zest and, and you'll see for yourself. You wake up in the morning with the aroma of dollar general. Truth. Um, anyway, look, I, I love to go out and get dirty. I will get filthy dirty. I just like to get undirty when it's all over. Call me weird. I don't care. I am weird. Uh, but, you know, I have several friends that are that are into backpacking. And, and, like, they do this shit in the winter. This is not just, like, a, a summertime deal. They do this shit all winter long. And I'm like, what's that? And they're like, oh, we just load a bunch of shit on our backs, um, you know, hike way out in the woods and uh, sleep there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Well, well why? Do you, are you guys fishing? No. Oh. Okay. Are you, are you guys hunt or something? No. Hmm. Okay. Are you, like, metal detecting or, or foraging? No. And I'm like, okay, well, have fun.
no thanks. No, like there, there has to be a reason. There, there, there's just it's I, there has to be a reason. Um, but listen, this right here, this podcast was fun for me, and again, a rare opportunity as far as I'm concerned. Never say never, right? But the odds that I'll get to talk to a person living out of their car for an extended period of time um, in a podcast, I mean, you know, barring just calling Jim same time, same place next year, you know, it may, it may not happen. You know what I mean? Um, I thought the Planet Fitness shower tip was excellent. It's worth joining for $10 a month just in case you're on the road and suddenly find yourself in need of a shower, right? You don't even have to be living in your car. You might just shit your pants on Interstate 80 on the way to Cabela's. You know, happens. Hit the Planet Fitness and the inevitable TJ Maxx uh, that is always um, very close to a Planet Fitness and trip salvaged. You know, hey, we're here to help you learn. That's the point of all this. And we will be right back here again in two weeks. Uh, huge thanks again to Jim for sacrificing um, shut-eye time in the Nissan Rogue to talk to me. And thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the Hookshots podcast.